Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Well, what's up, guys? Thanks so much for joining us on today's episode of the Marriage Adventure Podcast. Hey, if you're out there and you've got something that you would love to hear our, our take on, our opinion on, or you have a question, anything you'd love to hear on the podcast, or you come across information that you're like, man, everybody needs to hear this, everybody needs to understand this about marriage, shoot us a note at the at info, I-N-F-O, at themarriageadventure.com. We would love to hear from you and uh, love to see how we could help. Well, um, we're your hosts, Daniel and Bonnie. Yep, good to be with you today. And uh, today, Bonnie, what are we going to be talking about? Well, we over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about marriage myths. And there are so many out there. We, we're going to probably like just talk about one more today and we'll from time to time, bring a few more back in. But today we want to talk about another marriage myth that uh, we hear a lot. And it's that marriage should just be easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. people are like, you know what? It's just, it, this is just too hard. But marriage Where, should just be easy. If it's if it's right, it should just work, right? You know, I mean, if it's, if it's meant to be and they're the right person, then it should just work. Well, that's... You know, we are going, we're, we're already in November, we're already starting to see some of the um, commercials, the ads, you know, it's Hallmark movie time, all the sweet stuff where everything is just, it's hard to get together, but then you get together and then I'm, you go off in the sunset, I'm it's a, perfect. I'm a guy, I don't know about those movies. Yeah, sure Where you don't, what right? Are, what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. But you do, you see, they all end this happy, it's a struggle, are we going to be together, we're not, and then at the end, they walk off in the sunset. It's in a small in town, yes. a couple that dated in high school, mm-hmm. they haven't seen each other in 20 years, they get, I know nothing of these movies. No, I've absolutely just been told nothing. This is how it goes, right. and then it right. ends happily ever after. Yeah, right. so it ends with them on a plane heading off to Bermuda on their honeymoon, or or maybe you flash forward a couple of years and you see them walking in with this baby in their arms all smiling and happy, and, you know, it's just easy. Well, I think it's just easy. this is our third marriage myth buster, right? Uh-huh. And so this one really pings off the other two. If you haven't heard those other two, go back mm-hmm. and listen to the past two podcasts. But what we talked about in those were um, if if uh, happily ever after, mm-hmm. that if I, I should be happy if I'm in my relationship. And you complete me. And you complete me. And those are, it's just not, spoiler alert, if you haven't heard them, that's just not true. And so this myth goes along with those is, well, if they complete me, I should, it it should just be easy to Mm -hmm. be happy. All those three myths kind of Mm -hmm. fit together. Yep. But that's why we call them myths. They're just not true. Well, and the problem with these little movies we watch that we love, I mean, everybody loves that happy ending, but the problem is, you know, we see them flop in the sunset, but we don't. We never see, fast forward, the debt that they're in after the honeymoon, that they've got to work three jobs, you know, two jobs each to be able to pay for. Then they're not seeing each other, so there's miscommunication. Then there's a breakdown in the relationship because they never are together, and now they're fighting about money. And then you see that, oh, they come in with a new baby. And, and then those kids smiles. run the house. The kids run the run house, the and they're fighting and over who's getting up at the midnight feeding and the diaper changing. And, oh, my word, we never see that side of it. But most of us live it. 
mm-hmm. when we get into this, it's like, and then we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is not right. There's something wrong with this marriage because it's supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be this hard. It's not supposed to be this hard. But so just to clarify, is is it just supposed to be easy, Daniel? Mm, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> we're going to, I mean, I know you would love for us to say, yes, it would be easy. And we want to be that encouraging voice to you, but uh, we're going to be honest with you. Yeah. No. It, marriage is not just supposed to be easy. And that's the myth that we want to unpack today. All right. This is our segment, Call a Kid. It's where we call a kid and we ask them questions about marriage because they know everything anyway. So today we're calling eight-year-old Georgia Grace. Here we go. Georgia Grace. Hey, this is Miss Bonnie. How are you? Good. Good. Well, Mr. Daniel's here with me and you. Hey, George Grace. Hi. We have some questions to ask you about marriage because we know you are so smart. You want to answer some for us? Sure. We need some help. Okay, here's question number one. All right. How old do you think you have to be to get married? Um, 23 or up. 23 or up. There you go. That's okay. a really good answer, Georgia Grace. Okay, when you get married, where do you want to go on vacation with your husband? Um, I don't know. Where's your, where's your Maybe favorite? Florida. Uh, yeah, Florida. Florida would be great. But you probably should go somewhere way more expensive, <laughs> like Hawaii. How about yeah. that? Well, what's something that you think would be nice for your husband to do for you when you get married? Maybe pull out a chair for me. Aww. Aww. For him to be a gentleman, that would be very nice. Very good, very good. Here's another one. Which is more important, for your husband to be really nice or really handsome? Really nice. <laughs> good answer. Good Georgia answer. Grace, you should shoot for both. Yep, I think you should. Okay, here's one more. What will be the best thing? What do you think will be the best thing about being married? Um, you get to spend time with your husband. Man, you could like do this whole podcast for us. Awesome. Those were great answers, Georgia Grace. Sure were. You know, I think that's going to help a lot of people because you sure are smart when it comes to marriage. You are. Well, thanks for being on our podcast today. Okay, bye. All right, bye-bye. Bye. So today we're talking about uh, another myth that's common in marriage, and and that's the idea that a good marriage should just come naturally and be easy. And mm-hmm. um, I think we wrongly believe that if we're married to the right one, that life's just going to fall in place. And so we get into this marriage. Maybe we're six months in. Maybe we're six years in, um, and storms hit and things get harder. Maybe it was a good long honeymoon when things were a good run at it, and then now things are really hard, and we're like, wait, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And so we think, did we make a mistake? Mm -hmm. Should we just bail out of this relationship? Because, wait a minute, this is not how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I think I know why they don't make movies about this, Mm, the reality of it. Because they want to make money. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Nobody would go see the movie no. 
if they nobody wants to see that unless it ends them walking into the sunset, then sure. that's fine. And that's very true. We get into it, like Bonnie just said, and storms hit and life hits. And then we think, gosh, did I make a mistake? Did I miss God's will? Mm -hmm. And we just want to, we just want to bail. We want to get out of it. And we shared this two weeks ago. Um, and, but it's relevant, relevant for today that, uh, recent studies show that the average length of a marriage is eight years. Mm -hmm. That's just enough time to get married, go on the honeymoon, have a kid, have life hit, get that kid involved in baseball, soccer, dance, volleyball, whatever it is, get good mm -hmm. and entrenched in in-law conversations and arguments. And then 70% of men will remarry mm -hmm. and 55% of women mm -hmm. will remarry. And then what typically, we don't want to say always, but then what typically happens? Mm. Well, they get into that marriage and another marriage, and now it's complicated you're not just bringing two people into it usually if you remarry a lot of times there you're bringing your children in from your side and then their children in from another side you're blending families mm -hmm. um, and there are some great redemption stories of how um, that has worked and been yep. a, a much better situation but um, but the truth is the statistics for remarriages are, are higher even than so, first. So first marriages, it's 50%. I, that's kind of, everybody kind of knows that. And mm -hmm. actually in recent years, the divorce rate has gone down a little bit, mm -hmm. but that's only because people are afraid to get married. Less people are actually, Less getting, people are actually married. getting married. But the divorce rate for second marriages are is between 70 and 80% oh, wow. of second marriages get divorced. So if you've already been divorced and you're thinking about getting married a second time, you things just need to change before you embark on this second marriage, mm -hmm. you know, and that's probably why you're listening to this podcast. You're not listening to this because it's entertaining. You're in you're listening to this for help. So if you're going to go into that second or even third marriage, you just have to make sure that you change and things change and things are surrendered to the Lord um, because he can heal all things. But let's go back to the topic of hand, at hand today. Well, and that's that's another thing you have to keep in mind is make sure if you are looking for something else, you got to understand that marriage is not just something that, that naturally works and is easy. Mm -hmm. um, it really does take, it takes effort. It takes work. You and I have always kind of had the, the idea in our relationship is that we're going to work at our marriage so that we don't suddenly one day have to work on our marriage. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's kind of a difference there. It's the, we want to make little small investments often mm -hmm. so that we're not having to dig out of um, a hole and really, really have to plow up a lot and, and unearth a lot and really go to work on it. Yeah. And we've said this before, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, people don't end up in my office for counseling that um, have consistent date nights and consistently engage in conversations about their relationship or about mm -hmm. their emotional health, mental health, spiritual health, physical, you know, all that in the marriage. That's not the people that end up in my office. The people that end up in my office are people that's turned a blind eye towards their relationship for a number of years. And now they're in a pit. Now they're in a hole. Now they're in dire straits and they're all of a sudden how do we get out of this mm -hmm. and some of them have gone too far there's too much resentment their their hearts are too hardened 
not to say that God can't do whatever he wants, but uh, they're too far for them to do whatever they want. Sure. The needed work to do what it's going to take. Mm-hmm. Because that takes a lot of surrender, a lot of dying to self, a lot of humility, a lot of investment in the other person. And sometimes when you've been living in a marriage for 10, 15, 20, 25 years, the other person or you get so bitter, so hard-hearted, your, your, your heart has zero uh, ability to have empathy for the other mm. person anymore. Doing the things you need to do to heal that marriage and restore that relationship is almost impossible for you without a, a major move of the Holy Spirit. Well, and people look at that and think, I, I just don't have the energy to push that rock up the hill. I'm going to have to push it up. Uh-huh. Because it's just been rolling down so far at this point, and that's just been coasting. And now it's going to take both of us really pushing hard, and I don't know if we can do it. Yeah, and and typically I've seen God has to bring a major something in your life to break mm. that, um, to, to draw you back to repentance or draw your spouse or both of you back to repentance. And that's usually not good. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a health crisis or a financial crisis or heaven forbid something with your children or something. God has to bring something devastating in your life for your good mm. in hopes that you'll turn back to him or to your spouse. So if we, so we've kind of established the point that if we don't work at our marriage, you're going to have to work on your marriage. Yeah. So it's much easier to do not that it's easy, but it's much easier to do the daily work. Yeah. Um, much like it's it's much easier for me to forego some sweets and some extra calories a little bit each day than it is to say, God, I got to lose 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. That is tremendously difficult. Well, and and I've been working with our daughter on some stuff lately. She's she has she's so gifted, so talented, and so creative that it's hard for her to keep her spaces clean and organized. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. Um, and it frustrates me to no end, but it, it frustrates her too because we get to a Saturday and then she has to spend eight, nine hours trying to just sort through and reorganize her room. And so we've been really intentional lately. We I've tried to work with her and every night well, I'll go in, you know, after it's tuck-in time, I'll go in and I'll help her put everything back in order. It takes five minutes every day. And she she likes the, she likes her room when it's clean, doesn't she? Oh, she does. And she feels accomplished. She feels like she can find things. She loves it. But she, she gets in the daily routine and she, can't, and yeah. just can't make herself do it unless I come in and help her and that she's very intentional about it. And so... We've spent five minutes a day for the last two weeks, and I get to look at her um, tomorrow, which is Saturday for us. Tomorrow, we're recording on a Friday, and I get to say, guess what? You don't have to spend your whole day cleaning your room because you have worked at it a little bit all week, so tomorrow you don't have to spend all day working on it. Yep. And so, and that's the same thing in marriage Mm -hmm. that we we definitely um, are going to be able to reap benefits when we put little investments in along the way and um, yeah our our society glorifies self-gratification and easy fixes oh yeah you know I remember when I was little I'm going to date myself here but it was in the greatest decade ever the 80s Mm -hmm. and so I remember when our family bought our first microwave oven yes and um, my mom would, uh, we don't do this anymore. Maybe you do, but we don't. Um, my mom would spend weeks 
researching on mm-hmm. Consumer Reports magazine and newspapers and all this kind of stuff before we bought our first VCR. Remember oh, that? VCRs, yes. And, um, and microwave. And I remember, I have a picture in my mind when they brought that microwave home. And we could now have a pizza in like five minutes and not, or 10 minutes and not an hour, yeah. you know, and, um, and it, and it just, it was like the revolutionary thing. Yeah. And now we toss around the phrase, we live in a microwave society. Yeah. And or, it, or commercialist society. We don't want to, we like, don't, yeah. We, it's like, oh, I don't have two seconds to watch this commercial. Skip it. We had to explain to our kids the other day <laughs> we, that there was a show we were watching live and, um, and they were like, dad, can you skip the commercial? And I'm like, I can't. And they're like, why? And it took them a second to understand yes. why. And, uh, and like, so hurry up and move past the things we don't like. Yeah. We did the old grandparent thing, you know, in my day, <laughs> we couldn't go through commercials and, uh, and they glossed over, but, but that is the society we live in these easy fixes and, and skip um, over the hard things or skip over the things I don't want to watch or the things I don't yeah. like. Everything is accessible instantly. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to work for things. Yeah. And, um, a counselor told someone life's too short we know we know of this person they told us they went to see a counselor for their marriage and this counselor who wasn't in my book a christian counselor said life's too short to stay with someone uh, it's too hard to be with mm-hmm. and this wasn't um to my knowledge this wasn't a, a physical abuse or emotional abuse what we would label as a toxic relationship right. um it was just gonna take hard just, work to get just, out of yeah it was a to, very yeah and um and this counselor said, life's too short to stay with someone that you don't like to be with. Mm. And that's, it's not just sad, it's evil yeah. counsel. It really is. Yeah. Um, so is, is marriage worth it if we have to work at it? Mm. Bonnie, yeah. What in our life do we have that we just buy and close our eyes to or get and, and never have to work at it to maintain it? Very little. I mean... We get a car, we have to maintain it. You get a house, you have to maintain it. Well, you don't it. have to maintain it if you trade it in every year. <laughs> it's true. But we and that's buy, the same we buy truth older with your cars. Marriage. Yeah, we have older cars and we um, we maintain them. We And if you have a, a house, you're going to have to maintain things or it's going to cave in on you yeah. eventually. Um, or you're going to have to just move. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with marriage. People are like, I don't want to maintain it. I'll just move. Let's relocate. New marriage, new house, new whatever. Um you know, you don't, if you want to get good at any kind of um, hobby, you're going to have to work at it. Mm-hmm. If you want to keep your job, you're going to have to work hard at it. If you don't want your finances to fall apart, you've got to save, you've got to budget, you've got to keep your eye on it. Yeah, and if you don't want to buy a new wardrobe after the quarantine, you've <laughs> got to work at it. And yeah. it, it's just not, I don't know why we put that logic on our relationship mm-hmm. when we don't put that logic on anything else in our life yeah well we the truth is we reap what we sow and Mm -hmm. that's a that's a biblical um that's a biblical concept in second corinthians 9 6 it says now this i say he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully Mm -hmm. if you pour into something a lot you're going to get a lot out of it Mm -hmm. if you don't pour anything into it you're not going to get anything out of it. So, so explain this for people who may not, um, may not understand 
the, the spelling of this word sew is S-O-W, right? It's not yes. like S-E does sewing. It's yes. not like sewing. So what's the concept behind okay. Okay. So the illustration here? I actually grew up um, on a farm where we would plant, we would we had gardens, and um, I haven't had a garden for me. I mean, I tried to do a little something with the kids a long time ago. Well, during quarantine, back in the spring, we were at a neighbor's house. We saw that they they had a garden. They were gonna their their kids were gonna help them with it, and they planted stuff. And then the summer, they they had tomatoes. And I was like, man, that's cool. We need to we need to have a garden. We need to let the kids see. I mean, we've been to my mom. She has a garden every year, and they get to kind of see part of that. But they're usually there when we're picking stuff. They yeah, don't get yeah. to see the process. So I was they like, get to do the fun work. Yeah. Well, reap the reward. Well, once once that it's fun to get to yeah. do it once. But um, but so I thought, okay, they can be part of that. We can plant a garden. We can see it grow. They can see what work goes into it. That'll be great for for our family. So I got online. I researched. Okay, what's the best kind of soil? Do I do raised beds? Do I you know I did all that work. I even went and bought. I mean, I watched the sun in the backyard for a few days to see where the sun was going to be full sun and then I went and even bought seeds Mm. and but I never actually made the beds and planted the seeds we still have seeds though right yes (laughs) but I had great intentions of planting garden and I I mean I bought the stuff I mean I bought some seeds but I didn't go as far as actually planting the seeds Mm. watering them cultivating them and guess what our neighbors have vegetables we got weeds (laughs) We got nothing. We got nothing back there, and it's it's the same concept. It's the seeds that you that you plant and water and cultivate are going to grow. And I I didn't I didn't plant any. And in our marriage, whatever we're planting, whether it's healthy or if it's not healthy, if it's if it's um, seeds of distrust, if it's seeds of great communication, bad communication. We're going to reap whatever it is we, we plant in our marriage and mm-hmm. cultivate. But then there's times we just, you know, we might sow it, we might plant a little bit, but then we ignore it, mm-hmm. and then what happens? So there's a question that even comes along with that that we haven't talked about. And the question you have to ask yourself is, what do you want? Mm. Yeah. I mean, going back to our last podcast, if you just want to be happy, Okay, then maybe you don't work at your marriage. Maybe you just live an indulgent life. Yeah. But truthfully, that's not going to lead to happiness. I mean, you can look all across the world and see people who live indulgent lives that are miserable. So don't buy into that lie. Um, But the question is, what do you want? Do you want 20 years down the road a a marriage that is thriving, thriving? Because one day, if you have kids, your kids will be out of the house. It will be you and your spouse again. And then you'll have another 20, 30 years to live your life with this person. And do you want to still be connected with them? Or maybe you're already there. Your kids are already out of the house. What do you want? Do you want kids that are going to have to go to two Christmases a year? Mm. One or maybe four? Yeah. You know, do you want kids that are going to go into their marriage and say, I don't know if I want to get married because I've seen my parents' marriage. I hear that consistently Mm. among young people. And um, I hear that among premarital couples. Well, it's what you said earlier. The statistic shows that less and less people are actually getting married. And there's a reason for that. Because they've seen failed marriages. So up, up close and personal, they've seen the heartache. Is that what you want? So 
either way we're looking at this, it's hard. Yes. Either path is difficult. Either path is hard. Mm-hmm. Do you want to live that hard path that where you're dealing with the ramifications and the consequences of the decisions you've made to not live mm-hmm. the hard path of making your marriage work? Do you want to do that? Right. And then because that affects not just you, that affects your kids, your grandkids. That affects multiple people. Sure. So either one of these paths, neither path is easy. Right. You just have to choose which path you want. Right. So today, let's talk about the path of putting the work in daily so that you can have a great, healthy marriage that is a holy marriage that can invest in your in your spouse, which in, in turn invests in your children's future, in your grandchildren's future, that will bless those people. Because truthfully, if your kids get to be 20-something years old and they understand the fact that my parents weren't perfect, but man, they worked hard at their marriage and at their, our family, and I, I know what it takes to make a marriage work. Well, and what we're a not, blessing of that. And we're not talking about a perfect marriage. No. There is no such thing because we are flawed humans who get selfish. We have our own ideas of things. We and and most of the time people you marry, the person you marry is very different from you. So you're going to think different. We're not talking about robots. No, there's only one perfect marriage. And that's the marriage that we will that that we will encounter when we meet our true groom yes. for eternity. Yes. Uh, when Christ comes back to us and that marriage takes place, any marriage here on earth is going to be flawed and right. perfect. But we can work and put in the, I mean, we can, we can say we're sorry when we're wrong. We can, yeah. we can move towards each other instead of away from each other. We can be intentional about mm-hmm. investing in our marriage. So what are ways that, what does that look like to work at the marriage? Well, if we just want to do a, a kind of a big picture view of it, what it looks like to make that marriage work, then let's just, let's just key in on three areas um, to make this simple and fit into a podcast. Um, the first is spiritual, second is emotional, the third is physical. Mm-hmm. If you just key in on those three areas of your relationship with your spouse, you'll be busy enough. You're going to be busy <laughs> enough, but you'll have tremendous success mm-hmm. because if you're working at it, you're making strides forward. You're never mm-hmm. sitting still in your marriage. You're either you're either moving forward or you're moving back. It's like everything else we've talked about earlier. So let's take the first one. Let's take spiritual. What does it look like to 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 work spiritually on your marriage? Well, I think you have to have two healthy, let me say this. I, I love that you're taking this from three. You're looking at the whole person, mm-hmm. the the body, soul, spirit, the three, that we're triune beings. We're made up of three parts. So we need to individually be healthy in all three areas and bring healthy people together to be mm-hmm. able to work on this together. But then if we're addressing all three of these areas, I think our marriage will be much healthier because, you know, all of these areas are important. But spiritually, I think we've got to make sure that we're individually walking with the Lord, that we have a, a thriving, vibrant relationship with the Lord individually, mm-hmm. um, that that you're hearing from God on a consistent basis. If I know you're walking with the Lord, I can trust your heart when you come to me and we disagree because mm-hmm. I can trust that God's going to convict you when you hurt me mm-hmm. and vice versa. Um, I think that's important to know mm-hmm. that I can trust your heart because the Lord is in control of it. Yeah, God God redeemed mankind to bring us back to an intimate relationship with him, not just so we could keep a bunch of rules and laws and, you know, and feel guilty about things. 
he redeemed that us for a, an intimate relationship. So, Bonnie, you've got to walk in intimacy with the Lord in a, yes. in a relationship, in a, a, a relationship where you talk to him, you read his love letter to, to you, and I have to do the same. And we've said this before on the podcast. There are things that, bon, that God wants to reveal to you, Bonnie, that he is only going to reveal through me, your husband, right. about himself. Right. And, and same thing. There's things about himself he wants to reveal to me, and you're that chosen vessel. So that's the first thing, guys, is we've got to individually have a relationship, and not just a salvation relationship, but a daily relationship with Christ. And then get involved in a church together mm-hmm. where you serve together. You have other couples or other people in your life that are godly that can give you godly counsel other people who are walking with the lord where you worship together you enter into intimacy with god through worship together where you hear the message from scripture preached by a bible um, a bible believing pastor and then you can talk about it in your in your times together well and that's the that's an important thing to make sure that you're that you're taking that step because I hear couples sometimes that they might even go to church together they might have individual they might that they think it's so private that they don't even bring it into their marriage uh-huh. and that I think is is a problem because uh-huh. God has called us to pass our spiritual her- heritage down to our children and I think we stop doing that a lot of families have stopped doing that is why our our country is moving further away from God because uh-huh. We have stopped passing down our heritage because mom and dad aren't bringing God into their relationship. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, I might be going to, we might be going to church, but we it's something, it's a family activity, not yeah. a daily integrated part that makes, that helps us make every decision in our life. And mm-hmm. that's a big difference that we're not just talking about adding God and church as part of a another routine that will, okay, that, that fits the nice little mold of a family. Mm-hmm. We're talking about relationships with Christ that change us individually, and it's part of every com- it's part of our conversations. Yeah, it's our understanding about church and what it is. You know, Gavin Newsom, the governor in California, deemed that churches were non-essential, likening them to um, the theater, movie theaters, mm-hmm. and sporting events in church, and he lumped them all together. And guys, that is not the case. I mean, church attendance for us, being connected to the body of Christ. Imagine if you didn't have a hand mm-hmm. or a leg, you know, your body would suffer. I'm, I'm, I'm missing the, the, the end of my finger, and I lose a lot of M&Ms when I grab <laughs> for M&Ms. I mean, that really, okay, that illustration doesn't connect. Okay. But it, the, we are the body, yes. and if we're not connected, then the body suffers because it's missing a body part, mm-hmm. right, because we're not there, and... And your marriage needs that. Now, some couples, you, you maybe you do a Bible study together. Yeah. Um, that's great. Bonnie and I, we just never have. I don't mm-hmm. know why we never made a decision not to. But we're each in Bible studies, and we talk about yes. our, what we're learning and what God's showing us and a we, lot. We pray together over things, and, and um, we don't even necessarily pray together every single day. But mm-hmm. We have a devotional with the kids yeah, every day. Yeah. Um, but that conversation, that Pelotalk conversation, Spiritual things happen a lot. Well, a lot of the spiritual resides in heart. Mm -hmm. And so when you connect spiritually, you are sharing heart conversations. Mm -hmm. And that goes into the next way that we... Good transition. Thank you very much. um, Into the emotional. Mm -hmm. and We we invest in uh, each other emotionally. And that's 
seeking to invest in what's on your heart, what's on your mind, what are your thoughts, what are your dreams, what are, um, you know, it, it's our communication with each other. Yeah, we, uh, we talk a lot about on uh, the podcast about how emotions can be liars. They're big, fat, hairy liars, and they yeah. will tell you untruths, and they will make up stories and um, things for you to believe, and we go down that that rabbit hole of what our emotions sell to us. So that's why it's very important to feed your marriage relationship, feed into your spouse emotionally, emotional truth. Feed your emotions truth Mm -hmm. because the more truth you put into your mind, the more your mind can feed your emotions truth and which can feed your will truth. Mm -hmm. That's your thinker, your reactor, and your chooser, right? And so keep their love tank full. And what do we mean by that? Well, in episode two of our podcast, we interviewed um, Dr. Gary Chapman, and he authored the book, The Five Love Languages. And it's a great concept. It's it's not, you know, it's not the gospel. Sometimes they change or, you know, we may get it wrong. But man, it is such a simple and great concept. And so find out what their love language is. Go to fivelovelanguages.com, five, the number five, not the spelled out word, Dot com. Take a little assessment. It'll take you five minutes and um, find out what their love language is and pour into that. That's a great way to invest emotionally in your spouse. Mm-hmm. Bonnie, yours are physical touch and quality time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to touch you. I've got to be with you. Yeah. <laughs> they go yes, together. That was a good transition. There you go. <laughs> into the third one, which is the physical connection. Um, and and I'm not just talking about the the um the sexual connection, but just even being physically in the same room. And a lot of couples are not even present right. with each other because their work is so overloaded and hectic. And they, they're couples that don't sleep in the same room. They're couples whose um, children's activities are so busy they don't even see each other. And, and they're just dividing and conquering. Yes. And that happens. I mean, life does get busy, right? I mean, right. we can't just... We, you know, God's put us on earth to, to enjoy each other and to, to live full productive lives. And so if you've got a full productive life, you're going to be busy. Mm -hmm. But we have to make sure that we're consistently on some level, making time to be close to each other, Mm -hmm. to be able to, um, to hold hands or just even sit on the same couch and and say, how was your day? Look at each other and, and talk for 15, 20 minutes. And a lot of couples will, we'll get into that in another podcast, but, um, we've got to spend time together. We've got to spend some amount of physical time being close to each other to make sure we're connecting in all those areas. Yeah. Uh, this will be a podcast that'll come up in a few weeks, but it's, it's that idea of putting four pounds of life in a two pound bag. Mm-hmm. And we've done, we've got, we are so overloaded that um, and we've committed ourselves because of other people's expectations that we can't be physically present with our spouse anymore. Yeah, you know, and that's why we stress doing a a date night, a weekly date night, or biweekly date night, and that's why we have the Marriage Adventure Challenge. Mm-hmm. If you go over to the the website uh, www.themarriageadventure.com, you can sign up for the challenge, and it's 52 dates in, or 52 adventures in 52 weeks. And the whole concept of that, guys, is to keep you connected um, physically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. It's, that, it's that purposeful spending time together. Yeah. And um, we kind of, you know, this past week or two with, uh, with the, the baseball postseason play the Braves were involved in, 
and uh, the late games, and then Saturday, you know, SEC football, <laughs> our three out of four members of our family dive in, and yeah. we could sit all day. Mm-hmm. Josie does not. Yeah. And so I've missed her. I have to. Like, she's gone out on the porch and Zoomed with her friends or been in her room reading a book. Cleaning. cleaning all day Saturday, <laughs> yeah. And it after a couple of weeks, we just looked at each other and said, I miss Josie. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's not a part of our family. Yeah. And chances of her getting involved in enjoying football and baseball are very slim. So we had to just say, Okay, I'm glad the Braves kind of lost. <laughs> it uh, opened up some time. Don't say that. It still no, but, hurts. But we, uh, but we really had to say, okay, then we need to purposely put other things aside yes. and bring her back into the fold. Yeah. And uh, and I said to her, I said, baby, I really miss you. I said, I feel like we haven't connected. And so Josie and I went out on a date, and mm-hmm. you know, we had some good time. Um, I missed baseball practice one night. And I'm a coach, you know, kind of a coach. And uh, and I went and got her from her practice, and we just spent the night hanging out. And it mm-hmm. was very important. Mm-hmm. And we were able to connect. And we didn't turn on the TV or anything. And we just, you know, we had a good time. You've got to do that with your spouse. Yeah. There comes a point where you don't need to let two weeks go by where you haven't connected. I'd say don't let a week go by. Yeah. And um, And so whatever that looks like, fight for that. Because is it going to be easy? No, it's not easy. And other people are going to get upset. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, you know, we'll talk about that in a few weeks, but you've got to fight for it. Yeah. And this marriage is not easy. Here's why marriage is not easy because the enemy, the mm-hmm. devil, Satan, has a plan. That's right. He has a mission, is a mission statement. And the scripture tells us his mission statement it is to steal, kill, and destroy you. And John 10, 10. John 10, 10. And he never stops. Yep. He never stops trying to steal and kill and destroy you and your life and your influence and your marriage. And the first thing he wants to take out, if he can crush your marriage, then man, he has hit a lot of bowling pins with one ball. Yep. He hits your kids. He hits your influence. He hits so much. And so we have to be diligent to fight, fight, fight for yep. this relationship. And that's why that's not easy, but it is worth it. Yep. Totally worth it. Well, that's all for us for this week, and thanks for joining us. We hope that you will um, be with us next time. And, um, yeah, it's not easy, but keep working at it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Then head on over to Facebook and Instagram and give us a follow. Have a great week.